0: Locke Talk Radio. Wait, can you
1: hear me? Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show.
2: I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <gasps> You put the time machine out of a DeLorean. This
0: is the stupid cancer show. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the (laughs) Mundus.
1: Oh, look at that. I screwed up the opening sequence.
0: You did. Excellent.
1: Yep, I've I totally screwed, screwed up. up as well. All right, well we're not gonna have the rest of the opening <laughs> sequence. We're just gonna start right now. Monday, March 14th, and welcome to the season eight of the stupid cancer show. Man, I wrecked that one, didn't I? Yeah. Beautiful. What a. Wait,
3: cue the car crash.
1: Yeah, I don't have a car crash, but I can just do uh. The crickets. We'll do this. Ooh. Yeah. I screwed up the opening sequence. We should just AM- play it again. Play the old one. Um, I don't have the old one on me.
3: Oh God.
0: You know, I'm glad that I actually tweeted that uh, the first for the first time that we're live streaming video as well. Yes. Let's go for the, yeah. as big a screw-up as we can. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. All
1: right, good night, everybody. Thank, thank you very you much. Tr-
0: thank you for tuning in. All
1: right, have a good weekend. All right. <laughs> anyway, I am Matthew Zachary, a 15-year young adult survivor of brain cancer.
0: And I'm Lisa Bernhardt, I think young adult survivor, you know, Lisa 15 years. Bernard,
1: Lisa Bernard.
0: Bernhard with an H. Yes. 15-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your host for the Stupid Cancer Show. Yes,
1: sir. Got cancer under 40? Sucks. Ah, well, get busy living, because the Stupid Cancer Show is here tonight to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. That's
0: right. Tonight's show, Stupid Diabetes. Diabetes. We're the Stupid Cancer Show, but this is Stupid bi- Diabetes, and we'll tell you why. But first of all, let's get to our big guests, Meredith Schwartz, who is a young adult type 1 diabetic of 10 years, a marketing director of a great organization called JimmyInsulin.org, Jeremy Weisbeck, who's the founder of JimmyInsulin.org and a young adult uh, diabetic, and in our Survivor Spotlight, Ryan Hoseley, young adult type 1 diabetic, also 10 years, and the Athletic athletic Committee Chair of JimmyInsulin.org.
4: Hello?
1: Gangbusters. Are you drunk, too? Yeah. Okay.
0: Throwing back too many. You know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to cue
1: any music.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it just sounds better with background music.
0: Tell everybody while we're doing a show on diabetes, Matthew. We're doing a show on diabetes because all young adult diseases
1: suck. And as a reminder, this broadcast is a production of the IMC Young Feathers Cancer Foundation. Online at CoupedCancer.com. We help young adults fight cancer every day and we're bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs because it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year. So hello, my friends. Welcome back to yet another fun-filled and exciting romp to the Hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters.
0: And to Stupid Cancer welcome to all of our first-time listeners on the Blog Talk Radio Network. On iTunes and on Ustream. Yes, Ustream. As we stream live and we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. All right, the Stupid Cancer Show has a
1: live video stream and a live chat stream. Integrated with the show, during each broadcast, we invite you to join in the fun, connect with our friends, and ask questions of our guests. And I'd like to welcome our in-studio guests, our, uh, always here. <laughs> oh, they know. They don't leave. No, you keep coming they, James Manning keeps coming back. We, I think he actually
0: stays there once we turn the lights off.
1: You sleep here, don't you? Yes. And Murray Jones joining us, special guest tonight. And, uh, all right, I guess that's it. I will, I will hang my head in shame <laughs> that I screw up the opening segment. I will repair it, and we will be back in full force next Monday.
0: We have a young person here named Murray, which means this is going to be an excellent show.
1: A young person named Murray. That yeah. is true. You are, you are very young looking for a guy named Murray. Thumbs up. You have to look at us. We're over yeah. here. We're
0: over here. <laughs> he doesn't have a he doesn't have a mic, Murray, but he's no. giving us the big no, thumbs up. Murray's don't need. Mics.
3: Murray's waving from the couch. <laughs> that's
0: that's the fabulous Kenny Kane, otherwise known as Ginger Redbeard. Hello. Ginger Redbeard. No, I'm clean shaven now. I know. You
1: look 18 all over again. You're, I know. You're
0: just ginger, not red I'm beard, getting else. ready
3: for my half
1: marathon.
0: More
3: aerodynamic. Yes. And less
0: like a swimmer, you've yeah. shaved excess body hair? <laughs> oh, God. That's
3: a visual even I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. Now live streaming. <laughs> <laughs> the video. That oh, would have God. gotten us
0: a lot of viewers tonight if we shaved down <laughs> Kenny Kane. <laughs>
3: That'd be the latest internet phenomenon. Oh, God. Whoa. It's the shavedown.org fundraiser. Uh,
0: All that red hair coming off? Right. I think we just came up with a new idea.
3: The Shave Down. Donate now to not shave me. (laughs) (laughs) How to raise funds using reverse psychology. All right. Our
1: our darling Erin Eloise is in the chat room, and she is staunchly declining the opportunity to join in on a Shave Down for you.
3: She's recovering from the spring ahead. Yes. Oh, my God. I hate Daylight Saving Time. Can we please stop Daylight Saving
1: Time? I
0: love it. Well, I, li- I like the spring ahead. You lose the hour and all of that, but it signifies that we're coming to nice warm weather out of this hellish winter that we've had on the East Coast. It stays lighter longer. I love that.
1: Yeah, but it screws up my kid's sleeping cycle for two days, and that's all I care about. Two
0: days. Yeah, but you're used to screwed-up sleeping cycle. Yeah. You never sleep, first of all.
1: Well, no. I, I've been sleeping now more on the chair, now that in the living room, because the, my daughter is in our bedroom, and Jessica I'm scared threw to sleep. Jessica you out? No, well, yes and no. <laughs> Uh, My son sleeps in his own room because he throws like a shit fit every night.
3: Does that make him the man of the house?
1: It does. It actually does. I will concede right now. But my daughter sleeps in the bedroom, in the packing plane in the bedroom, and I'm afraid to sleep in the bedroom with her because I snore and I wake her up, which further disturbs my sleep. This has nothing to do with my wife or her sleep getting uh, disturbed, but yes, I'm afraid. And then eventually my daughter winds up in our bed. At some point, without me being awoken to see she that crawls, happen,
3: she crawls over.
1: So like, I'm, I might squish her. I don't yeah. want to squish her. Yeah. Not good. Anyway. Anyway. So anyway, what's going on in Japan? Whoa. They had a bad week.
0: Very bad. Very very, very bad. bad. Uh, so sad, and I feel like we're still. It, it's so much worse than I think is what's being reported yeah. by when you sort of read between the lines, or not even don't even have to sometimes read the, between the lines. I mean, some places are really kind of. Yeah uh laying it out, and in terms of what the future holds, I mean, obviously we talk about cancer here, and first of all, the nuclear reactor having at least two blasts. and
1: Yeah, just bad.
0: Fear of, you know, thyroid cancer going forward and possible deaths before that, and eesh, entire towns being wiped out, thousands of people. I mean, just
1: the live videos that were coming in were so intense and raw, and everyone's like... Everyone's like, it looks like a movie. No, it's not a movie. <laughs> no, unfortunately, this is unbearably incomprehensible to understand what was going on in that in that moment. Agreed. It's ridiculous. Just the skyscrapers swaying back. And I know. Forth. I know. I'm unbearable. The,
0: the tsunami images. I mean.
1: So we send our our, our thoughts, love, hope, and prayers. And um, once the Red Cross officially has a Japanese fund. Um, I will be making a donation to the Red Cross. Everyone was donating to the Red Cross, but none of that money was going to Japan because they right. hadn't created the channel yet for it. Yeah. You couldn't say to them, only give this money to, to Japanese uh, relief because they didn't have it. So once this fit, it's official on the Red Cross website, I will be making a donation. I hope you guys will consider making a donation um, to the Red Cross for the Japanese. You can Japanese. make it
3: make in it my name.
1: In your name? Yeah,
3: sure.
1: Will you shave down? <laughs> And we've come full circle. I know. Well,
0: you know, what? Actually, I actually just wanted to say on a side note, I sort of hate the news reports that say could it happen here because I feel like that diverts attention right. away from Japan right. where right. it actually did happen. Yet, you know, it actually does. I mean, you, you know, you, you, the, the, the only validity to that, I think, is you do want to be prepared. You want to sort of try to learn a lesson when it happens somebody, somewhere else right. It could happen. Um, I do happen to live near Indian Point, oh. nuclear reactor yes. facility, and I did actually last year uh, go around because they give you these sort of warning. Um, I hear
1: Robert Kennedy Jr. is a big fan. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> very active in the community. Not not yeah, uh, and I tried to get the 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 uh, iodine tablets that they tell you to buy uh, just in case something should go awry as it did in Japan. Couldn't find couldn't find the appropriate uh, iodine tablets within like a fifty mile radius of my home, which was a little disconcerting, but. Anyway. Iodine. Just, that's for the radiation. Just it's go to ability. any high school chemistry class. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just raid and that? Just raid yeah. it, yeah. Okay.
1: It, you don't need any there's no science there. Just steal it. Sure. Yep.
0: That in a few dissected frogs. And, yes. Yeah. Nothing okay. like
1: a, a a frog spleen. <laughs> to go. <laughs>
0: to protect you against radiation. To, yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Wear it around your neck. There's, right. an app, there's an app for that. <laughs> there's an app for that. There definitely is. Um, I want to just briefly mention that our friends at Cancer and Careers, who launched their brand new website two weeks ago, and it's fantastic, at cancerandcareers.org, is having a uh, – this is not really for the news, but I just we're very excited about this. They're having a, um, a, a an Ask the Experts, if you would, uh, fee, uh, what do they call that, like a coaching webinar a, session? The, the thing with the thing. The thing with yeah. the thing, yeah. If you go to cancerandcareers.org, this is really cool, Ask the Experts executive coaching uh, on careers and legal issues, just good stuff. Anyway, just wanted to mention that because I'm very excited about it. Anyway. Yes,
0: they're good people.
1: So as far as um, what else is in the news? Um, St. Patrick's Day coming up? My national John holiday. Drunk Irish people. Yeah. Yes. Kenny, will you shave down for St. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> why,
3: why would I? Why would I get rid of my red hair for the holiday? Actually,
1: he has a point there. That's a good point. Yeah. All right
3: and the conflict of St Baldrick's. Yes. I don't think I I could shave.
1: Right. Wait, it's also Thursday.
3: <laughs> no, well, that's why they isn't don't they center St Baldrick's around
1: I have no idea. What are you Say? what are you talking about? St Baldrick's is a fundraiser for CureSearch, which is used oh. to be the children's college group, and um where people shave their heads to fundraise for pediatric cancer research. Right, gotcha. Speaking of which, I will just tie into uh a brief semi-plug about an essay that I wrote last week, which got rave reviews, called the, the Forgotten Moral Imperative for Pediatric Cancer, and I would encourage everyone to go to my Facebook page check out my notes. It's my most recent note. The Forgotten Moral Imperative for Pediatric Cancer talks about basically the gist being that ever since the word cure now means quality of life the balance of life and not just the five-year survival rate, um... When all of these children who now don't die from cancer and and sort of graduate into young adulthood, the cure no longer applies to them because they get dumped into a system that doesn't know how to deal with them, that doesn't coach them through issues of fertility, issues of chronic condition management, issues of insurance, navigation, dating, fertility. And if you're raising money for pediatric cancer research and you're trying to cure cancer in little kids, it's not about the acute. It's not about being frozen in time when they're 7, and then when they're 27, they have issues – they join the young adult community, and they need your help too. So my argument is very simple. Pediatric cancer foundations and the corporations that support them should throw some of their money at young adult cancer because we are the pick-up-what-next for the dumpster babies of pediatric survivorship. End of story. And it's not okay. And it's not okay.
0: Should, while we're talking about that, should we talk about another piece that you happen to be quoted in? Ethan Zahn, our friend from uh, Survivor.
1: Yes, Tonic. Yes. Good piece.
0: Yep. And uh, Something
1: about... Obama, right
0: well, he's just once again reinstates why he feels that it's important uh for that Obama signed into law our new health care plan and basically points out uh you know how he was a young guy who didn't think you know he had insurance through an employer for a time and didn't think he really needed it, and all of a sudden, when he had insane bills like you know a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar stem cell transplant and $7,000 drugs and whatnot. Um, You know, he points out that pre-existing conditions are now history. You can't lose your insurance. Uh, Within six months, no person can be dropped from their insurance plan when they receive a diagnosis of cancer or any other disease. An end to lifetime caps on your benefits. More coverage for young adults. You know, you can stay on your parents' coverage up to the age of 26. Yep. And support for clinical trials. You know, by 2014, uh, the law prohibits new health plans from dropping or limiting coverage just because an individual is enrolled into the clinical trial. So for our folks out there, uh, these are pretty key. So it's not a perfect it's a
1: big deal. It's it not is a perfect okay.
0: Plan. Yeah. It's not a perfect plan as he points out. But in terms of those five points, uh that's a step in the right direction for the seventy thousand young adults who are diagnosed with cancer.
1: A year. I agree. And uh last but not least we have some big news tonight here on the show. Really, really big news. We are launching a or uh, piloting a launch of this new way to engage in stupid cancer. We have the show, we have our forums, we have these uh, our blog, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, the OMG Summit, we have our boot camps, our communities, our chapters, all of our hospitals, networks, but I'm going to let Kenny talk about what this uh, this new thing is, which we're going to be pushing really heavily at the OMG Summit.
3: Yeah. Go it's, ahead. It's great. We were recently approached by the band, the Blacklist Royals, uh, Woo! to go out on the warp Tour with them and be uh, the featured charity for their booth. So we figured what a great opportunity to launch our very own street team because a lot of times people will come to us and say, you know, what can I do? How can I get involved? And that's a very open-ended question, especially when you say it to Matt because the next thing you know you'll be hired and have a job, uh, in my case. Yes, only in your case. Only in my case until further funding. So we launched the Stupid Cancer Street Team, which you can find at stupidcancerarmy.com, which will bring you to a website where you can check out our stuff, sign up, uh, there are a micro set of forums, not to be confused with our stupid cancer forums, which are more on the clinical side. Uh, this is really for the everyday person who wants to get involved. You can uh, do orders and uh, do activities for points and rise your rank in on the site and cash in your points for some stupid cancer swag, including T-shirts, uh, hoodies, wristbands, mugs, you name it. And the opportunity to shave down Kenny. Yes. Yeah.
1: Always. That that, that, will, that will
3: that will get you a lot of points.
1: So we're, so we're we're really looking forward to it. So it's it's stupidcancerarmy.com. It is. Stupidcancerarmy. So it just sounds like we've been waiting to say that all these years. Right. Join the army.
3: Join the army. Matthew Zachary wants you.
1: What? Matthew Zachary is not part of the army. Matthew Zachary is too old for this. You are. I'm going to watch the army do its thing and you're in charge. Okay.
0: I live near West Point. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm just going to break up Wait. all the reference points as we so talk. So you live
1: the... near a nuclear power plant <laughs> right. and a military base. Uh-huh. You're in good shape. Nicely
0: situated between the two. They might
1: neutral each other out if something happens. If
0: the shit hits the fan, yeah. I'm running a West Point. Yeah. <laughs> <There
1: you go. laughs> no, you should just start swimming to Spain.
0: That's a long way. Yeah, but
1: at least you get a head start.
0: Yeah,
1: sure. No, no, no. You should you should start moving west because the winds blow east.
0: I can, I have the Hudson River. I have to swim north. Maybe I'll make it to Nova Scotia. That's true. <laughs> That's. I don't think you can swim to Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's probably, landlocked. Probably not. And then the
1: island itself, you got to get. All right. It's like swimming oh, yeah. to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's go. Up to, uh, I can't speak. Let's get to our Survivor Spotlight tonight. And uh, once again, because I screwed up the uh, the sound cues, we'll just go back. I can back take to, this. You can take Matthew? this. Yes, you can. One second. Let me make sure this works. And dear God, please
2: help. There you
0: go. All right. Ryan Hosley has been a type 1 diabetic for 10 years. Currently, Ryan works as an assistant project manager for a Chicago-based digital marketing agency. Ryan has been involved with Jimmy Insulin, our featured guest tonight. Since that is a group, not a person, we'll find out more about that in September 2009, and since then, he's lost 20 pounds, brought his A1C below 7. What's that? He'll tell us what that means exactly. And he's run two half marathons and numerous 5Ks, 10Ks, 15Ks, with the goal of completing the 2011 Chicago Marathon. So he's got a lot to tell us about in terms of what he can achieve, has achieved, Jimmy Insulin.org. Please welcome to the show, Ryan Hosley.
1: Ryan. Hello. Hello, Ryan, I already don't like you because you make me feel fatter than I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Great. Welcome aboard How are you thanks thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it well we we lost a bet. What was the bet?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's trying to make a
1: funny i'm trying. i'm fra uh, never mind it's <laughs> not even worth it yeah jeremy said that if i if i if I wouldn't date him, uh you had to come on the show.
4: <laughs>
1: Nobody knows what to make of that. No, I'm just I was speaking in tongues tonight.
5: <laughs> We've already clubbed a lot of the
1: shows. This, this show is over. Yeah. you can go home now. Anyway, welcome aboard. We're, it's great to have you, and it's all you, Oh
0: no, uh, well I, I promised the folks that we would explain uh, what it means that you brought your as a type one diabetic. What it means that you brought your A1C below seven. What the heck does that mean?
2: So basically what A1C is, it uh, tracks your uh, average blood glucose levels for the past three months. Um, And the number usually you want to shoot for is 7.2 or below. Um, Now, when I was in college, uh, the number was right around 8. So that would be the equivalent of, you know, just being poorly managed. Um, So, yeah, I got it down below 7.2 to about a 6.4. Uh, I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, so uh,
0: that's okay. I don't want to we'll, make it we'll seem like it.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> numbers so, um, are pretty. Don't worry. Yeah, you know, numbers. The numbers don't lie. Um, so I got up and down to uh, 6.4, and uh, yeah, I mean, it basically is just uh, a good sign uh, that's, to show. That's your, sounds
0: like a, that sounds like a very good thing. All right, so let's back up a bit and tell us about your diagnosis and some of the issues that you faced, and in particular. Uh, We can sort of assess here how they kind of relate to, you know, why all young adult diseases suck and sort of the the issues that we all kind of face going through not-so-fun stuff.
2: Right. Um, Well, I got diagnosed at the age of 12, so that was 10 years ago. Um, You know, and like any other kid, I was just living a normal life, um, you know, doing everything normal, Uh, I had a great diet, I wasn't doing anything different from anything, Uh, there was no reason for getting diagnosed, it just happened. Um, And it changed my whole entire life completely. You know, I had to take shots every day, test my blood sugar eight to ten times a day, bring a little box with all my medication everywhere I went. Um, It was, it seemed like at the time a living hell, because I thought to myself, to myself, you know, there goes my social life, basically. Um, yeah. But in the sense of, you know, there were things that I could have done, like gone to diabetes camp, but I didn't want to do that. I went to skateboard camp instead.
0: That sounds um, like a lot more fun than diabetes camp. Yeah, it camp. was
2: great. It was it was a great time. Um, you know, so I made I made the diabetes work for most of my uh, most of my adolescence. But um, coming at such a because with type one, it usually happens earlier than age twelve. So it was kind of like in the middle of my adolescence and right before puberty. So then I had to deal with puberty, high school, stress, hormones, which fluctuates your blood sugars completely. You know, it makes you gain weight um, unknowingly. And it's just a very high stress level um, to deal with uh, when you get diabetes at uh, such a young age.
0: So what else? So tell us about then your daily kind of maintenance and kind of physical barriers, uh, the other physical barriers that you have with this illness.
2: So basically what I do um, is every time I wake up, I check my blood sugar. Um, and basically the way it's measured is between uh, 100 to 140 milligrams per deciliter. Uh, I know I'm throwing some more numbers at you, but uh, that basically that just tracks, um, it's just like, that's what my doctor gave me. That's what I wanted to be between. So if it's any higher or lower, um, higher means I need to take more insulin. Lower means I need to take more uh, sugar, like a glucose tablet or a fruit snack. Um, so I check that uh, blood sugar about 8 to 10 times a day. Um, and I also have a 8 to 10 pump. times
0: a day, wow.
2: Right. Yeah. All right. Um, so oh, it's, come you on. Know, you could do better than that. Right. You know, I've, I've, I've had to check it 24 times a day once just for, uh, for my doctor. Wow. I think yeah. that's
1: consistent. That's once
2: an hour.
0: <laughs> 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 There's a good
2: pattern there. Yeah. You can't forget. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: right. And uh, then I also wear an insulin pump, which is basically uh, feeding me a steady stream of insulin on a daily basis. Um, so primarily like what type 1 diabetes is is that, Your immune system thinks that your pancreas, which produces insulin, is an infection and kills all your insulin cells. So, essentially, I have no insulin cells left. Um, So, the insulin pump basically feeds me uh, a daily stream every day. And I have to monitor that as well based upon my blood sugars that I check uh, every hour. Did you ever feel
1: because you were diagnosed so young that you did this to yourself? Or was it explained to you early on that this is not your fault?
2: It was explained to me right away that this wasn't my fault and I understood that um, because my mother, uh, she was the one that basically pointed out that what was going on. Um, One of her friends from high school had the same symptoms and was brought in uh, for type 1 diabetes treatment. And when I was seeing the same symptoms such as uh, constant urination, uh, you know, losing 10 pounds in two weeks, uh, uh, staying up all night and just uh, night sweats, my mom said, "Okay, something's up. Let's go into the doctor." So they explained it pretty easily. Uh, the doctors were very nice, and they said it was either going to be mono or diabetes. So I was kind of crossing my fingers for mono. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Um, But yeah, it was. Uh, they explained it really easily, and I understood that it wasn't my fault. So I never really thought it was my fault. I just kind of was more of a, "Why did it happen to me?" Type of questioning,
0: yeah, and how did you, which a lot of again our our listeners can relate to, how did you sort of deal with this psychologically going through high school and college and then kind of looking for work after that?
2: you know it was um it was really hard because in high school, I didn't know anybody that had type one type 1 diabetes, um, like I said, I didn't want to be a part of going to camps. Um, I just really avoided everything. I just wanted to fit in. So the way I dealt with it was just um, simple. You know, I I thought, okay, if I just take insulin every time I eat, I'll be fine. If I check my blood sugar, I'll be fine. But there were times where I avoided that, and it got a little out of control. Um, Knock on wood, I've never been to the emergency room uh, for, you know, for like a seizure or a uh, diabetic episode. Um, So I never – but I never had somebody that was there that was a type 1 diabetic that was my age. You know, I had met people through high school um, that were type 1 diabetics, but they were 35 years old or 40 years old, so I couldn't really relate to them, you know. And yeah, um, so I, I really, you know, I, handling it was uh, kind of on my own.
1: Who, um, and how old well were you roughly my, started, through, uh, with respect to this whole, you know, need for age-appropriate peer support How long did it take you to meet somebody like yourself who could really understand what you were going through, and at what age did that happen?
2: So when I, um, because I'm originally from Chicago, and I started my first two years off in college down in Florida at Florida Atlantic University, and I decided to come back to Chicago because I missed home. And the year I came back, I was introduced to um, Jeremy Weisbach of Jimmy Anselman's, Uh, through a friend of mine and he said that he's starting this organization that does peer-to-peer diabetes support and at this time it was um, kind of an epiphany in my life where I thought I need a change in my life I need you know I need to better it at this point I was 235 pounds Uh, my A1C like I said was an 8.0 my blood sugars were running above 200 every day it it was just it was messy and I, I couldn't get control of it So I thought, okay, I would like to meet with Jimmy Insulin and see what everything's about and and help in any way I could. So I met Jeremy and um, I offered my services uh, to intern um, as a marketing assistant and also just an overall volunteer for the organization. Um, And through that, it kind of organically happened that Jeremy became a mentor, but also a really good friend of mine. Um, And we're pretty close in age, about four or five years, uh, apart um, but through this story that I read on the internet as well it was the same thing as mine I believe and I felt once I read that story I need to meet this person like because this is this person has been through something that I've been going through my whole life and I want to figure out how he's gotten over it and what he's doing to get over it and just talk to him on a you know one on one support basis and I guess uh, we have
1: to wrap up but we're going to card of the news and have you guys back in uh in sort of like a three-way uh radio uh roundtable in a sense but could you just briefly express how significant or how sort of cathartic or perhaps the 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 breakthrough moment it was for you to know that there were other young adult diabetics out there that you could finally meet and get in touch with and then seek out others who did not know that this organization existed. How did that change your life?
2: You know, it it really was, like I, I said, like an epiphany because before, um, you know, before I met Jeremy and Jimmy Insulin, um, I was athletic, but I wasn't, you know, looking to do anything, uh, you know, big in my life. I thought running around, you know, the track one time was a big deal. Um, so when I met Jeremy, I thought, you know, anything's possible as a type 1 diabetic. There's, there's people I know that I met uh, through Jeremy that are uh, marathon runners that have climbed Mount Everest as type 1 diabetics, and it just it was pretty relieving to know that diabetes isn't really a crutch; it's just a, a speed bump that you have to get over. Um, so I basically got my act together, uh, got some running shoes, uh, and started hitting the streets and uh, ran two half marathons since I've known Jimmy Insulin. And uh, I plan on running running the 2011 Chicago Full Marathon this year with the Jimmy Insulin Running Team. So and this whole it, this whole process made you lazy. <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, yes. Jimmy Insulin was a wake up basically.
1: Good, good. Well, on that note, we're gonna we're gonna cut to the news, and we'll bring you guys back in about uh, five or six minutes. So um, okay. let's just so hang tight. And uh, let's hit the news here. Ready? Hopefully this segment will work. Ready? Hello, I'm Ken Rockman and this is I on Cancer.
2: Just the facts, ma'am. All
1: right, during this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we announced to our listeners a whole bunch of newsworthy programs, events, and services that we don't want you missing out on. And they're all free, and they're all just for young adults. Things like happy hours, retreats, kayaking and mountain climbing trips, finance, webinars, college scholarships, bar girls, concerts, tweet-ups, support groups, and more. If you have something coming up that you would like us to spread the word about during this part of the show, please send us an email at info at stupidcancer.com. That's info at stupidcancer.com.
0: All right, everybody, head on over to events.stupidcancer.com, events.stupidcancer.com. It's your one-stop shop calendar for all of our Stupid Cancer events nationwide and even Canada. We love Canada. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we certainly don't want you missing out. All right, and we have Stupid
1: Cancer events coming up in New Orleans March 24th, here in New York March 31st, up in Boston on April 2nd, in New Jersey Jersey. on uh, April 5th, and again, once again, in New Orleans on April 21st.
0: And please support Team Stupid Cancer, our running team, for the New York City Half Marathon on March 20th by visiting TeamStupidCancer.com and making a donation toward their fundraising goals, and that includes Kenny, K- Kenny Kane, who might shave down. Yes.
1: And that's this Sunday, brother. Yeah. It's Sunday. This Sunday, hey, Sunday, Sunday, well. Sunday. I'm wearing my shoes right now for good luck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're doomed. The fourth annual OMG Summit is fully sold out, but we have started the waiting list. It has a few dozen people on it, so now is the time to ensure that you might get to ensure that you might. Get to the OMG Summit and increase your odds of being there. With When someone cancels, we are expecting cancellations. Visit OMG2011.org today, OMG2011.org.
0: And the Stupid Cancer forums are on fire. Fire, 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 thanks Indeed. to Kenny Kane. Taking off like lightning rod, and we don't want you missing out on the awesome new online community we're building, really incredible stuff that people are posting. Uh, head on over to stupidcancerforums.com, stupidcancerforums.com, sign up with one click through Facebook, and join over 350, I think that's well over it, what, 425, 425, now. 425 Yeah, 350, this is old news, 425 yeah. survivors, caregivers, and providers who are making a stink, a stink about stupid cancer. All
1: right, every Tuesday night, our friends at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society present YA Connect tomorrow night, uh, live at, I think it's 8 o'clock, uh, a free interactive webcast supporting young adults with cancer. Check it out at LLS.org forward slash
0: YA Connect. And as always, be sure to register yourself with Immerman Angels, our partner in one-to-one peer matching at ImmermanAngels.org, and check out the calendar for First Descent the premier outdoor adventure organization for YA's, young adults, with cancer. YA's, you know. Online yeah. At, yeah. Online at FirstDescents.com. They host dozens of retreats and excursions each year.
3: And
1: that is your Stupid Cancer News. I, Woo!
0: I actually have something to add.
3: All right. Head on over to Team Stupid Cancer on Facebook and check out our official race car. Uh, the TH Motorsports is racing. All oh, right, we have a race car. Oh, that's car. really cool. Yes. we have a race
0: we car. We have our logo and, on a race car, and it's
3: a Subi. It's a Subaru. Oh, it is a Subaru. So, hey, I own a Subaru. You do. So they're racing for our benefit, and uh, they're looking for sponsors, and it's going to be on the Versus Network.
0: NASCAR? What uh, what what circuit is it, it's this? A, uh, like I know what I'm talking about. I, I forget what the challenge is called. It's a Ginger Circuit. Re, it's a reality show. Oh, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a reality it's, show it's circuit. A, it's the Simon
3: Cowell Network. Yes.
0: It's uh it's not Formula One. It's actually what am I I, I know Is more it than Formula, you guys.
3: Formula Two? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's what Kobe and Hannah. <laughs>
3: right.
0: Uh no, it's it's what, NASCAR Kenny?
3: Uh no, it's a uh, it's like a private circuit. Rally
0: car? They're uh Monster truck?
3: Think think Fast and the Furious.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Fat cars that like go fast. Oh. So Vin Diesel.
1: Yeah,
3: Vin Diesel. Tokyo Drift. Correct.
1: Okay. Fantastic. Yes.
3: All, <laughs> All right, let's get a...
1: Let's get our guests back on This is a fitting intro to them We like this Alright, of take, us You take Meredith I'll take Jeremy
0: You up, Matt? You want me to do Meredith first? Yeah, go. go ahead Meredith Schwartz was diagnosed 10 years ago with type 1 diabetes at age 25. She's part of a growing segment of the population being diagnosed with insulin-dependent diabetes as an adult. Meredith serves as Jimmy Insulin's marketing director. She's committed to helping Jimmy Insulin grow and also to help countless other diabetics take control of their lives and their, live their lives to the fullest.
1: All right, and Mr. Jeremy Weisbeck was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 9 and has now been living with type 1 for over 20 years. 2 years ago he started Jimmy Insulin, a nonprofit social enterprise. My favorite words after the two words that come after the word nonprofit that provide free 1-on-1 peer-to-peer diabetes support. He started the organization to provide inspiration, motivation, support and encouragement to anyone touched by diabetes. Please welcome Meredith Schwartz and Jeremy Weissbach. Hello.
4: Hi. Thanks for Good having evening. On. Hello.
1: Now, before you even say one word, I have a special uh, special thing to play for you guys. Ready?
3: This ever moment is brought to you by Immerman Angels. Be well, number one.
1: That was just for you. <laughs> Can I explain why, Matthew. Johnny Immerman, the uh, young adult testicular cancer survivor, friend of the show, friend of mine, founder of Immerman Angels, one-on-one peer support for young adults with cancer, is on your board of directors and he threatened me under penalty of being hugged too much that we have to get you on the show.
0: He's a hugger.
1: Yes. <laughs> That's
0: Johnny. Yes. I can
1: only take so many hugs, only so many hugs from Johnny before I get tired. I said, all right, stop hugging me. We'll get him on the show. So I'm so glad to have you guys. We're a long time coming. We met, I think, in, like, November or December or something, and it's, it's, I'm very excited to have the show.
0: We're both very excited, and we have a question right off the bat. Maybe Jeremy wants to field this. Jimmy Insulin. Your name is not Jimmy. It's Jeremy. Tell us how you came up with that name, other than the fact that obviously we know it rhymes. Kind of. Sort of? Jimmy Insulin. Yeah. That'd be Jimmy. Um,
5: <laughs> it's, uh, it's not about it's belly buttons. Yeah. It's yeah m- at the beginning of college, uh, some of my close friends um, just started just started calling me that. And since we're on the radio, I'll give you the true breakdown of how it transformed. So I'm Jewish, just like you, MZ. (gasps) And I became friends, you know, with... uh, (laughs) You
1: can't say that
5: on the show when I can't give this up. All right, anyway, go on, sorry. (laughs) Um, So I became friends with uh, a bunch of Italian guys, some of my close friends today. And my name was too Jewish, so... They changed my name to Jimmy, and then Jimmy Insulin came about. It had a nice ring to it. It kind of stuck. So my friends have been calling me it for the past eight or nine years now.
0: So it's like you could be the diabetic character on The Sopranos if it was still on the air. <laughs> Jimmy Insulin. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah right now. So okay, let me I'm get this my- straight. My- Moisha Needleberg
1: <laughs> wouldn't work, right?
4: <laughs>
1: okay. okay. <laughs>
4: I, so I awesome. work in branding.
1: <laughs> I work in branding people. Moist and needle brand
5: <laughs> It it also uh signifies the fact that anyone can be we we like to spotlight Jimmy Insulin as just a you know powerful image in the diabetic community where any normal person can be Jimmy Insulin. Any normal person that gets diabetes, whether they're a female, male, child, mother, father, grandparents, anyone can be Jimmy Insulin and be a part of this New organization
4: first, but uh, yeah. you know, diabetes is non discriminatory
1: one of the things I wanted to ask you when I launched i'm too young for this uh, it, uh, like so much stuff happened in the first couple of months because there really wasn't anything very cohesive uh that let young adults know there were other people out there that they could meet and then get introduced to all the great organizations out there that support them. When you launched this, did you find like there was this magic wellspring of wow, all these people are finally like, it's about damn time. Where were you when I needed you?
5: Um, you can lie and say no. <laughs> yeah,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean
5: somewhat, but there's a lot of other organizations that uh, try to achieve this model. They just don't put all of their resources into it. So. Um, you know like someone like Ryan was very eager to get involved because he wasn't aware of the other organizations that do this, but we the only the only thing that we do period is one-on-one support and that's how we are set apart from not the competition but from other organizations that are trying to achieve the one-on-one model.
4: I think what I'm seeing is there is a wealth of um, type 1 diabetics um, who really Are excited to help others, Um, and as soon as Jimmy Insulin, uh, you know, was born, I think there's been a lot of people getting excited to get out there and really serve as those peer supporters, as those mentors, Um, and I think Jimmy Insulin is just coming upon a tipping point where those uh, people are really um, ready to get out there and find those people who want support and need support, because I think the challenge is. While well, a lot of newly diagnosed and challenged diabetics want and need support, they're kind of a little more timid to say, hey, help me. Right. Um, so we have a lot of people, you know, really, really gearing to go and help those people. And we just got to get the word out and say, hey, we are here to help you and just hope that they're ready to um, approach us and say, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to seek your support.
0: So what are some of the top issues when folks come to your organization that they really need help talking through with their with with a peer?
4: Um, I think that varies. I think it varies with age. I think it varies um how old you are now, how old you were when you were diagnosed. um Some of the issues could be with just day to day living. How do you know how much insulin to take? How do you know what kind of foods are okay and what it will do to your body? While others are bigger things, how how did you approach? You know, um, I'm I'm a type 1 diabetic who just had a baby. How do you deal with Marble pregnancy? Thank, thank you. <laughs> how do you deal with pregnancy? How do you deal with you know the the bigger issues in life, um, bigger fears, bigger bigger opportunities and, and the risks that come along with it. Um, it it really goes from the day-to-day to, to big mountains.
1: Do you find that you tend to attract young adults who are diagnosed as diabetics early on in their teens or, or single digits, or do you find um, more people coming to you as young adults diagnosed as young adults? Both. Both.
5: We have interest from pretty much all the parties. And yeah, do, you, do, you, do you cap your age at a certain point? No. So it's um, No, I think
4: it's it's really open to anyone and everyone. Um, I think what a great opportunity for Jimmy and Flynn is to talk to that underserved segment of people who are diagnosed as young adults. Um, type one is more commonly known as juvenile, um, right. and I think in in our world we understand that type one and juvenile are the same. But in the world of uh, the, the, you know, greater society doesn't necessarily understand that and they don't know that there's this underserved segment of people who are being diagnosed, like myself, at age 25. And I think immune insulin is a great opportunity for um, those diabetics who are getting diagnosed as young adults in addition to those getting, you know, more traditionally diagnosed as juveniles. Um, So we kind of are... Capturing, including and capturing people from all segments.
1: And do you, I mean, yeah, I plead ignorance of diabetes. For, uh, I guess the one disease I haven't gotten yet. <laughs> I've had cancer and stroke <laughs> and everything else, not even the diabetes. So if I'm pre diabetic, uh, I will thank you in advance for your support. But that said, do you deal with type 2 diabetes as well?
5: Um, we do on a case by case basis. Initially, I started this organization to help kids and young adults with type 1, but 90% of the diabetic population are type 2, so we want to help type 2s. Um, We just, the majority of our mentors and guides in our organization currently are type 1.
0: And explain the difference for folks out there just between type 1 and type 2 so everybody's clear on that.
5: um, Okay, Type, type 1 is known as, um i'm gonna i'm gonna the first one to Meredith. she handles our p r
4: too sure um, type one is what's known as juvenile diabetes um, and it's insulin dependent um, again, any of this can happen at any age it's basically your body stops producing um insulin. the cells that produce insulin are uh, killed off or read as viruses and so you need to take um injections of insulin while type two is, you'll hear it more as lifestyle based. Your body is still producing insulin, which, um, sorry, I'll I'll rewind a little bit. Um, Insulin is a hormone that digests the sugar in your bloodstream. And so your body is still producing, as a type two, is still producing insulin, it's just not working properly. So you can take, oral medication as a type 2. You can use diet and exercise to help control the condition and manage it, while as type one, you must inject insulin. Got it. Okay. Got it.
0: That's pretty quick. We have actually a very good question from our live chat room here, uh, and the question is, what is the best way to be helpful and supportive of a friend with diabetes? That's
2: a great question. Um, yeah. And Is this coming from a person who's not diabetic who has a friend who's diabetic?
1: uh not quite sure we're we're not sure well, let's go so. let's yeah, let's, so, yeah. let's
2: go
0: under that assumption
5: okay um so the, i mean there's there's di- there's a thing called diabetes etiquette where um and this is a method that was developed by Dr Polanski out in California, and I love it because he uh, makes a ground for Diabetes criminals, which are the diabetics themselves, and then the diabetes police, which are friends and caregivers and family members and anyone that's supporting a diabetic. So, as a friend, I believe that it's good to offer support and help when someone, when a diabetic is looking for information, but you can't overstep your boundaries, meaning you can ask someone if they're feeling all right and that's perfectly fine, but you don't want to you know, be looking over their shoulder when they're testing their blood sugar and wanting to know what it is and then commenting on it saying, like, oh, is that too high or that's too high, that's too low. You should go eat this or take some more insulin because as diabetics we know what to do, and we don't want our friend telling us how to do it, but we want them to be supportive and understanding of the condition and... You know, whether we're going out to eat and a friend, uh, you know, wants to make a few suggestions, you you always have to give extra time to allow someone who's diabetic prepare for an event, whether it's a meal or an exercise activity. And you also, I believe, in always being um, positive. So maybe sharing stories of uh, inspirational athletes with diabetes or movie stars or uh, rock stars. I think the key is just to be positive.
0: That's a great answer. I'm also looking at another. Sorry, was Meredith chiming in there or am I hearing things?
4: How old are you? I think hearing things there. (laughs) I'm
0: trying to read it. Matt, you want to jump in? I'm trying to read the question question in the chat room. I
1: was recently diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, never had before. My doctor is blaming the cancer. I was also hypoglycemic. Anyone else have a diagnosis late in life? That's question ish, but it's definitely a question. Can okay, can this person's
0: thirty now and had a cancer diagnosis at twenty five, it right. looks like.
1: Right. So can diabetes type two or type one be a latent cause of chemotherapy, I guess, is, is sort of
5: the question.
0: Or result of. Yes.
5: Well, I'm not aware of any connection.
0: We'll get our maybe let our, our chairman of the board will get him back yeah. to, to to talk through that but, medically. so
1: has there never ever been any link between diabetes and cancer other than like the risks of lifestyle that could lead to either?
5: I'm,
4: yeah, not that I know of. I'm not a I'm not a doctor. I'm
5: just a diabetic. but <laughs> <I'm just, laughs> I only know that's your T-shirt, dude. If... I'm
4: just a diabetic. <laughs> that's so good. Edu- I'm educate not, I'm not me. Aware.
1: I I have known many diabetics. I have not made the effort to understand how challenging the lifestyle is in managing blood sugar. But I I had a question. Um, obviously, this was a, a disease that killed people twenty thirty years ago. It's still a major issue. But is it? Are are you living with it now? Or are there enough medications? Is it possible to live a healthy, uh, fulfilling quality of life through the balance of your life with this disease now?
5: without a doubt. The thing is, um, forget everything you hear and read about in the media for this radio show, because the media focuses on complications and type 2 diabetes. It doesn't show success stories of people living and thriving with diabetes. There are professional athletes in football, baseball, basketball, Olympic skiers, professional race car drivers that manage their diabetes successfully and can perform these outrageous jobs and responsibilities while managing their diabetes. Mm -hmm. And with the technology today with um, insulin pumps and so, you know, 20, 30 years ago people would have to take manual injections of insulin. And if they were taking a long-acting insulin, it would supposedly kick in over a duration of 12 hours or 24 hours at an even rate to sustain the blood sugar level. Now with insulin pumps going mainstream, and all three of us in the room right now have them, you can fine tune your pump so it pretty much like, it'll illustrate or work hand in hand with your body. So if my body needs more insulin between the hours of five and eight in the morning, which it does, I just make a few adjustments on my pump with my doctor, and then it'll help stabilize me. And uh, I mean, the, the there, there's not really any limits. The only thing that diabetes does is it makes you have to work harder and be more disciplined and stay in control.
4: As Jeremy said, there's, there's really nothing you can't do as a diabetic. Um, it's really a matter of understanding and a lot, you know, a little extra planning, um, and a little, and a few extra supplies. And uh, as Jeremy noted, the three of us are all on insulin pumps, but for about eight years, I was taking injections, Um, and I still did not limit me. My management and health were as, quote unquote, healthy as possible, just being a diabetic, and, you know, I accomplished some things in my life um, that, I, that I'm proud to share. I mean, I went scuba diving Great White Sharks, and I climbed Machu Picchu, and I did all this while I was taking injections as a type 1 diabetic. Um, so there's really no limit to what you can do. Life is absolutely livable. You can do anything you want to do, just um, a, few extra pl- you know, a little extra planning and a few extra supplies.
1: Well, our, first of all, stop making me feel lazier than I am.
4: And secondly... Seriously?
1: You alluded... We're all losers here. I'm exhausted just <laughs> hearing mean, about all that you've yeah. done. your yes. Pichu. I'm, I'm really tired right now. I could
0: barely walk up a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we don't have diabetes. so what's our excuse. Yeah. I've, you, you alluded to this before, Jeremy. Um, what do you suppose the top stigmas are or perceptions? Like if I heard that you're a diabetic... Do I immediately presume that you, you're it's type 2 diabetes and not type 1? Or what is what do you seem to face? Sort of like how if you say you have lung cancer, they assume you're a smoker. T- talk to us about that. I'm
5: curious. I mean, I, in my opinion, when when I see people on the street, and I mean, I wear a Jimmy Insulin shirt every day. They ask me what it is. I tell them I'm a diabetic. The first thing, they're, they look at me cross-eyed because they think of diabetics as people are fat and lazy, and don't do what they should do to live healthy lives, and that's a direct result of the media.
1: Right. So diabetes uh-huh. is a self-induced disease, is the general public perception.
5: Right. Right. And we, as type 1s, don't have a choice. Even right. if we right. ran 10 miles a day. Which and- you do. <laughs> and eat only vegetables and protein and low-carb and low-sugar diet, And uh, <laughs> the diabetes is here for life. And it's not going anywhere and it never sleeps.
2: And there... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to jump in talking about all, the, all that you do and all your achievements. Uh, let's go back to Meredith. You had a baby. Were there any risks involved with childbirth? What was that experience like for you as, as a diabetic?
4: Sure. It was... Uh, it was surprisingly easy for being a a, a high risk pregnancy. Um mm-hmm. and I was in great control. I the, the risks are basically uh diabetics um can tend to have higher birth weight babies. Higher um, birth weight my, you said. Yes. Okay. Con, controlling my condition during that pregnancy, um, I was you know, Ryan alluded to how much you, how many times you test your sugar a day. I probably doubled that. Um, So just constantly making sure my sugar was at the normal range, Um, and I definitely kept a healthier diet. I did go to a high-risk obstetrician group, so I saw the doctors more often, Um, you know, got more ultrasounds, got a few more tests, got, you know, and just had tighter care and control. Right. Um, But as long as you, you know, keep your sugars within the the expected range, Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
4: it was, it was, completely manageable and had a, a natural childbirth and everybody is healthy, happy and healthy.
0: That's great. So basically just you watch your sugar levels as always and you were just it sounds like just more closely monitored.
4: Yes.
1: And that's progress. Yes. That's incredible progress, that's right? right?
4: That's great. Yeah, I mean I'd say the highest risk is they you know they they don't let you go to forty weeks which is something I learned during the pregnancy and I didn't know, they will um, induce you at 39, which is just a week. You're already at term. It's just a week before. Right. If you go into labor before then, then they let you you go into labor. But if not, they will induce you just so they can control the delivery process. It doesn't mean anything is going to happen. There are no fears and no bigger risks. It's just so they can control it and... Um, you know, have tighter management over that. And that was really the only big condition that I learned throughout the pregnancy. Interesting.
0: So let's talk more about the organization then as a whole. Uh, Growing the organization, you're two years old now. What are your plans for the future going forward? Where would you like to take Jimmy Insulin? What would you like to see?
5: Um, I mean, in the near future, uh, within the next five years, we'd like to take it to a national level. And we already have a few guides on the East Coast and the West Coast. But, you know, with the, with the abundance of technology, it's so easy to connect people. And we're not looking to make a diabetes Facebook. You know, we talk to every beginner and every guide that comes into the organization. And we do a very organic matching process. But in the long term, we'd like to go international. And, you know, there's... 25 million people living with diabetes in the United States, and there's around 250 million in the world, and all of them can benefit from one-on-one support, you know, either serving as guides or as beginners.
4: I'd just like to reiterate what the mission of Jimmy Insulin is. I'm not sure if we've touched on that specifically. Um, Go for it. Well, we- yeah. Yeah, what we'd like to do is, we mentioned that we have this body of um, di- experienced diabetics who are serving as our guides, and we want to offer this peer-to-peer support uh, and make it very personal. So, if a you know, challenged or newly diagnosed diabetic comes to the organization, to set them up with someone who has overcome similar challenges, comes from a similar background, so they can get the kind of support that they need as an individual, whether that's about day-to-day management, whether that's about talking to someone once a month just to talk about maybe upcoming doctor's tests, but really tailor the support to what each um, newly diagnosed or or challenged diabetic, a beginner, is really looking for to help them overcome whatever challenges that they might be confronting in their experience and their journey. Um, Well said. Thank you. I think going forward, we'd like to just try and reach as many um, support seekers as possible and sign up as many guides to help them. And eventually transition any diabetic beginner who comes aboard to make them feel confident enough and make them successful enough in their journey to then transition into a, a Jimmy and Pulling guide and start helping others, as Ryan has done.
1: So, you want to build your alumni network to, to, to the Immerman Army of Diabetes. <laughs> Absolutely, and still Jewish, which is good.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and,
4: and we are speaking, non-denominational.
1: <laughs> They're Unitarian
0: diabetics.
3: <laughs>
1: and
0: uh, speaking of uh, nationally prominent folks who thrive in their careers with uh, type one diabetes, you guys are way too young to know her, I'm sure. But Mary Tyler Moore, uh, right. longtime spokesperson for juvenile diabetes, and been lived. Wasn't lived she on Three's Company? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Suzanne Somers, not Joyce Dewitt. Way back into the seventies, even before the eighties. That's when the seventies came before the eighties.
1: I'm so bad at math.
0: Um, <laughs> but anyway, for the for the few of our constituency who, who do know who she is, uh, somebody who's lived with diabetes and had about as big of a show business career as somebody could have but anyway but
1: i mean let's face it you guys are young and hip i like that idea i i, I hope you can attract more young and we, hip we, people we
0: strive for that
1: we're trying but i think you guys are like like johnny is really all cancer but his focus is really young hip people he's making it cool and hugs. yeah and well the, the hugs <laughs> get scary but the pure yeah. actually never gets old you're making it cool you're making it hip and i i, I wish you guys the best of luck i'm i i'm coming can't finish sentences today. You're forclimbed. I'm for forclimbed. I'm coming out to um, Chicago out? again this is, stop, please. Sorry, I'll be, quiet
0: I'll
1: be now. in. <laughs> I'll be in Chicago in June uh, for an event Johnny and I are putting together, and I'd love to see you guys again, uh, get a little more acquainted. And uh, I, I just think what you're doing is is so fantastic. But my last question, because we're running out of time, is to uh, is to Jeremy. In your bio, I did say these words: uh, social enterprise. Oh. What is it specifically about Jimmy Insulin that makes you uh, want to grow it as a social enterprise versus a regular charity?
4: think.
1: Um. <laughs> I stumped you. That's okay.
4: Yeah,
5: you did. Thanks, Matt.
4: Well, it how sounds nice. How a about I answer question
5: in June when you come to Chicago? Okay. All right. I've given you homework.
4: Well, here <laughs> I'll field that one if that's all right. Okay. Go marketing with <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um,
4: we're not, you know, unlike the JDRS who is, you know, they're a fabulous organization, um, trying to raise money to help, you know, improve the treatments that we have today and, and ultimately find a cure, we are not looking to uh just raise money. We're not, you know, giving money to find that cure to help better treatment, help better management. We want to help people in their day to day lives how to you know um, how to be better equipped in their in their social environment right. um, and that is a huge fear that that overcomes every newly diagnosed and challenged diabetic and and, and as an organization we want to grow um, socially it's it's a, a personal organization um, and we not only help. Diabetics, um, people who are diagnosed diabetics, but the caregivers, the friends, and the family who are supporting them, and we want to connect them and offer caregiver support, one-to-one peer peer support from people who are either spouses or parents or children of or grandparents or cousins of diabetics. And because of that, we find it as a social enterprise. It's really about the relationship and not necessarily about. Give, we we do not give medical advice. We do not give money to finding a cure. We help them in their day to day and just their their social and relationship needs.
1: That is actually the right answer.
4: <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Yes. Um,
1: all right. So what is the what is the we've been plugging the website the whole time. But just what is your website? How can people get to know more, get involved, and learn not just how they can get connected as diabetics, but to understand and get destigmatized to what diabetes type 1 really is in this country?
5: Uh, the website is www.jimmyinsulin.org, just like the name, J-I-M-M-Y, insulin, like the medication. Um, and if you go to the Get Involved tab, uh, you can click on any of the menu options, and you can send an email to info at org with any, anything, any kind of uh, feedback. Ideas,
2: And and we're also um, uh, participating in four uh, events this summer. Uh, We're going to do the Chicago Marathon, the Chicago Half Marathon, the Spring Rock and Roll Marathon, and also the Chicago Triathlon. And we're trying to build our team. So if anybody out there uh, would like to run on behalf of Jimmy Insulin, if there's any type ones or type twos that want to accomplish their goals, just go to Jimmy Insulin and email um, info at jimmyinsulin.org and we'll uh we'll get you acquainted with um with our sporting events. And it's a we have a running family. Just like
5: the social enterprise. <laughs> yeah. and if
4: any listeners out there wanna sign up and you know wanna come get involved, learn how to learn more about gene insulin, learn how to get involved, we absolutely welcome anyone and if and if someone up there is just seeking more information on diabetes on type one and isn't necessarily ready to uh seek that peer to peer support uh, we still invite you to get in touch, and we will point you in the right direction to help answer any questions that you might have. Mm-hmm. That's
0: that's great because we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap it for, for the folks in our chat room who are throwing questions at us, such as, "Do you have a Denver chapter?" or "I'd love to start one in my area too." We should just have them get in touch with you, and you can answer all those yeah, questions for them. Please
5: yeah. do, absolutely.
0: Okay, because they're coming in fast and furiously.
1: Yep, <laughs> awesome.
5: We'd all love right, to hear guys, from thank us. you so much.
1: I don't think I'm going to Chicago anymore because you're going to drag me into a marathon. But <laughs> <laughs> can sign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm your cheerleaders. Okay, I'll accept that role. Thank you so much for being on the show. org. You guys rock. Take care Thanks of yourself. Thanks so
0: much. All right, so everybody.
1: Jeremy Meredith Schwartz.
0: <laughs> good good
1: No, this is really important. Johnny could. I, I. I joked about him threatening to hug me too much, but he was very serious.
3: Yeah. About
1: how. This is an organization that is so attuned to this notion of real one-on-one peer support. It's it's just uh, it's amazing. And my father just did some research in this chat room. Apparently, there is no clinical link between cancer and diabetes except being obese.
0: Lewis, that's his name, Lewis. right? He came up with that for us that quickly?
1: He Googled something somewhere on the Internet, and that's it. Dr. Lewis. Dr. Lou. Dr. Lou.
0: Dr. Lou, thanks very much.
1: Anyway, all right,
3: well, we're going to wrap up early tonight.
1: Ken, you want to give one more plug to the uh, yeah, forum? Yeah, I mean, no, we, we,
3: we've we had a great turnout. People are doing the orders and getting points and racking up points. Just since we tour. announced. Since we announced it earlier in the show, stupidcancerarmy.com. Sign up for our street team and get involved and uh, hang out with other people who just want to help out right. the stupid cancer movement. Good stuff. Yes, very good stuff.
1: All right, well, let's close out our show. I can guarantee you the closing sequence has not been altered. Well, we'll see about that when we well, fire it up after this That's night. Like,
3: it's, it's like the Millennium Falcon, this show. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make the jump. It's just keys work. All right, here we go. Okay. Uh, there's
1: rumors on the uh, internet. you ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh,
0: Magoo,
5: <laughs> you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer.
0: All right, folks, that's tonight's show, our 175th broadcast. Woo! Woo! We hope you had as much fun as we did poking it sick at stupid diabetes. Love. Nice improv. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Exciting
2: and... You're
0: up, Matt.
1: All right. We'd like to thank our Institute of Guests, James Manning, Mary Jones, and our Guests, Ryan Hosley, Meredith Swartz, and Jeremy Weisbach from Jimmy Insulin.
0: All right, come back next week when we will do our first pre-OMG Summit show on parenting and families. Julie Larson, a young adult cancer advocate from NYU Young Adult Psycho... Uh, y- uh, good, Scott. Good, practice, right for this. For good yeah. practice
3: for next week. Sure. <laughs> She's a
0: psychotherapist. Marsha Donzinger, who is the founder of MyLifeline.org and an ovarian cancer survivor. Mark Rappaport, who's a, a, doctio, oste, a doctor of osteopathy. Uh, thank you. YA survivor and assistant clinical professor of medicine at UMB Danbury Hospital. Aaron Zammett-Ruddy, who is the author of My So-Called Normal Life, a blogger at parenting.com. And in the spotlight, Kobe Brown, a Ewing sarcoma survivor and a singer-songwriter.
1: All right. if you missed any of our past shows, download them all for free on iTunes at itunes.stupidcancer.com or check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. Live from the KimoDeck, on behalf of Lisa Burnham and myself and our whole team here, have a great week, folks. Go to bed, Ilana. Good night, everybody. Bye.
3: Good night. Woo!